If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me over to Psalms 42, verse 11. Uh, David's writing here to the uh, people through the Psalms that he wrote. He said, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. We're going to minister today on a subject that I feel is very, very important to believers, and that's entitled Overcoming Discouragement. As a believer, we have many enemies that come against us. The, the devil tries every way in the world to make you doubt God and to make you doubt that God is faithful, that God is a, a God of truth, that he will keep his word. And what he does, he works on your emotions, he works on your mind to bring um, these these attacks against you. And the one we're going to deal with in this particular teaching is overcoming discouragement. Now, Satan is your enemy. I want to say that again. Satan is your enemy. He's not your friend. You can't coexist with the devil. You're going to have to make up your mind today that you are going to decide right now, finally, that you're going to just make a break from all of his control, all of his um, ways of, and, and, and of methods of trying to pull your spirit down. And you have to make up your mind today, Satan, you're my enemy. I will not bow down to you. I will not listen to you. I will not come under your subjection. Now, the devil's attacking God's people daily because we, as believers, are radiating Jesus in our daily walk. It, the devil doesn't want the world or the non-believers or those that don't know Christ to be able to understand and know that Jesus can bring joy. He can bring peace. He can help their emotional uh, state that they're in. And and uh, he doesn't want people to get the truth. That's the whole matter of the thing is he doesn't want people to get the truth of God because the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Praise God. So discouragement is a tool that the devil uses against us. Now every one of us, every believer, every Christian has faced discouragement at some time in your life. Every one of us have come into a situation where discouragement tries to drain us and tries to pull us down in, into into a lower depth of despondency to where we can't function um, in, in the faith and function in the confidence and the authority that God wants you to function in. Now, the thing that we need to understand is God has given us the means to overcome everything that will pull us away from God. God's already provided everything that you need, and he's given you the means as a believer as someone that trusts the Lord, that makes Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says that when we're born again, that we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. And so, therefore, we're in the kingdom of God. We're no longer under the dominion of the devil. We're no longer under His control or His authority. Uh, we're no longer in His territory. We have been delivered, set free, pulled out from where we were, and we have been transferred into the kingdom of God where Jesus Christ is Lord. And when we're in the kingdom of God, the devil has no legal entry into the territory where you're now existing, where you're now living and abiding. He has no legal uh, entry into that place, into the kingdom to pull you out. The only way he can pull you away from God is 
to begin to manipulate your thinking, begin to plague your mind with lies, and you begin to believe these lies, and you begin to lean towards the things that the devil is suggesting to you. And by doing that, you pull yourself out of the kingdom of God where there's peace, love, joy, righteousness, uh, every blessing that you need spiritually, physically, and financially is there in the kingdom. And the devil tries to pull you out of that kingdom back into his realm where he can control you and manipulate you. Now, it's God's will for you to overcome discouragement. It's God's will for your life to hit a plateau of smoothness instead of being up one day and down the next. We we have what we call a lot of yo-yo Christians. They're up one day, down the next. They're on top of the mountain one day, they're down in the valley the next. What God is wanting us to do is to come to a point in our life where we're on an even plateau. Uh, Somebody said, well, that's impossible, uh, Brother Clarence. It's impossible for me to come to a point where I I have an even plateau and, and, and nothing is going to bother me and nothing's going to discourage me. Well, i got news for you. The Lord will give you the ability and the grace in your life so that you can come to this position where you can hit this plateau of smoothness. Every valley, it will be exalted. Every mountain will be lowered. And you'll be walking on an even road with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a plateau of smoothness instead of being up one day and the next. The only way you can overcome is by hearing God's Word. There's only one way to come to this position to where you can not be up and down, but you know the Word of God, and you understand what God's Word declares about you as a believer. And as you understand that and believe that, then you're going to be in this position that we just stated to you. You'll be in on this plateau of smoothness where nothing uh, is uh, pulling you down. You're not down in the dumps. You're not down in the mully grubs, as we say in Texas. But you're, you're on a smooth plateau with the Lord. You've got the joy of the Lord. The peace of God is ruling your life and everybody can sense and know that God is with you and in your life. But the only way you're going to do it is by learning God's Word. The Word of God alone will bring your valleys up and your mountains down so you'll live a victorious life. I want to reread that scripture that we just uh, uh, started the message with today. And that is in Psalms 42, verse 13, or I mean verse 11, I'm sorry. It says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? We need to ask ourselves, why are we cast down? Why, why are we in this state of discouragement? Begin to question yourself. Begin to ask yourself this question. Why am I allowing these circumstances that the devil has created in my life Why am I allowing these things to pull my soul down? Why am I disquieted within me? But then the the psalmist David mentions these words, and this is our whole key right here. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So therefore, when you're discouraged, you need to ask yourself, why am I discouraged? And the answer is simply this. We're discouraged because we've permitted the devil to override our knowledge of God's Word. We've also permitted him to come against our sense and our feelings, thus producing discouragement. So the bottom line is just simple. It's just simply this. We have permitted the devil to take control. We've allowed him to come in and give him entrance into our life 
through our mind. Remember, the only way the devil can enter in you is through your mind area. Your spirit man has been regenerated. It's been born again. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That that, that seed that's in you is the is is the life of God. It's it's Zoe life. It's God's life. You you've been born again. You've been regenerated, and you you're a new brand new person. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So therefore. Uh, the only entrance that the devil has, he cannot just come attack your spirit. But the way he gets to your spiritual being is through your mind, the soulish realm, your mind, your will, your emotions. And if he can get into your mind area, then he can pull you down to the point to where you're low in your spirit, and it's going to begin to affect you spiritually. The joy of the Lord is not going to be manifested. The peace of God is not going to be manifested. Your sense of righteousness is not going to be manifested because we have permitted him to come against us. Now, success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It is courage that counts. This is what Winston Churchill quoted one time. It's courage that counts. Now, I want to give some definitions of discouragement uh, so that we can understand what we're up against here in discouragement. Now, the word discouragement literally means this. It means to be drained of courage, faint-hearted, obstructed, disheartened, disillusioned, distressed, and hopeless. Now, you put the prefix dis before courage, and it forms discouragement. It means the discounting of courage or the draining of the courage that's in you when you put that prefix dis in front of it. So it's to be drained of courage, be faint-hearted, obstructed, disheartened, disillusioned, distressed, and hopeless in your life and feel that sense of hopelessness. Now, what causes this sense of hopelessness? What causes us to begin to think negatively concerning our life and our destiny of what God has called us to? I want to give you some examples of what causes discouragement. And uh, if you've got a pen and pencil, you may want to jot some of this down. But worldly temperament, worldly temperament, it's the way you've been trained in life and brought up will cause discouragement. You see, you may have been brought up in a very difficult situation. But this is no excuse to become discouraged. Because the Bible says when you and I are saved, we become new creatures in Christ. So in other words, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what environment you were in. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, some people's childhood and different situations in which they were raised and involved will cause them to be in this position of having a discouraged state or a discouraged mind and a spirit as they walk through this earth. Uh, some had no mom or dad. Uh, there's, it's an unfortunate situation, but there's many young children today that their moms and dads are either taken uh, through a fatal accident while they're very young, or some moms have walked off and left their children. Some dads have walked off and left their children. Sometimes the mom and dad together have walked off and left their children, and these children are feeling this abandonment, and they're feeling like they're alone. They're feeling like they've been uh, just, uh, just totally uh, neglected. And, and not not wanted they 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 feel this attitude of not being wanted and so 
these these are things that cause us to be discouraged. Uh, some have deep hurts from the past and fears and frustrations. There, there's many uh, incidents in a person's life. And listen, if every one of us were to write on a piece of paper today, what incidents happened in your life when you were young? And we've all got incidents. We've all got stories to tell. We've all got situations in our life that have happened. But what happens is these deep hurts from the past and the fears from those hurts and the frustrations from those hurts cause many people never to grow in the things of God, never to grow up in the Lord, and never to come to that place of contentment and total joy in, in the Holy Spirit and what God wants you to have. See, the devil wants you to think there's no hope for change. There's no hope for change. There's some people that go through life just hopeless. You can see it in their eyes as they walk down the streets. They're hopeless. They're just hopeless on the inside. There's no hope as far as they're concerned. And this is what the devil enjoys. He wants you to think there's no hope. But I'm here to tell you, and I want to declare to you today as you're listening to this teaching and this message, there is hope for you as an individual. There's hope for you as a person that God created. God loves. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a destiny for you. God's planted a seed within you before you were ever born into this earth. And he's got a blueprint in your life that he wants to see fulfilled and he wants to see you enjoy the fruit and the benefits of what he's put inside you. Now here's another reason for discouragement. Bad health. See, many people, because of mental strain and overwork, have poor health. Uh, there's many people, literally, and I mean, you've heard this saying, people say, I'm working myself to death. And literally, that's the truth. I mean, there are some people that just are overtaxed, and they're literally uh, working themselves to physical death, an early death, because of the mental strain and the overwork. And what happens is it affects their physical being. Um, blood pressure problems are in many young people that should not be there. Uh, there there's other other ailments that develop due to the fact of of the no joy of the Lord, no peace of God, and all of this strain and overwork. Poor health comes in. I like what Proverbs 17 verse 22 says. This is a very, a very powerful scripture. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a sorrowful spirit dries the bones. Now, I want to make a statement here, and I'm not making this a blanket statement for everybody, but medical science is proving more and more every day that people that have bitterness, that have uh, strife, that have anger and resentment on the inside of them, and these things that I've just mentioned, they, they hinder the joy. They keep you from being joyful. They keep you from having the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. So when these things are there, it's, it's literally drying the bones. It's drying the marrow of the bones, which causes disease, cancer, those things to enter in. And uh, because we've allowed the things of this world and to, to tax us mentally, emotionally, and it, in, in turn affects us physically. Now, as I said, I'm not saying that everybody that's had this t- terrible disease, cancer, or anything like that, has been a person that wasn't happy or joyful. We're not stating that. We're just stating that medical science has proven more and more that a person that's not happy, a person that's not joyful, they they have more of a tendency to uh, for their bodies to to give in to these type of diseases and sicknesses. And, and that's what Proverbs says: a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a sorrowful spirit dries the bones. Now, 
Here's a third thing that causes discouragement. Uh, circumstances confronting you. Circumstances are only temporary. I, I want to say that. Circumstances are only temporary. They're not permanent fixtures in your life. But circumstances, it could be physical. It could be a physical problem that you're going through. Someone in your family could be having a physical illness or a problem. Uh, there could be family problems. Maybe there's discord in the family, discord between you and the children, discord between you and the wife, or discord between, uh, you, you know, everybody's just kind of in, in, in discord. Uh, family problems, mental problems. Now, the mental problems is simply caused because we, there again, we're allowing the enemy to come in and plague our mind and torment our mind, and it literally causes mental breakdowns, nervous breakdowns as we term it, uh, and, and, and circumstances, spiritual circumstances, uh, spiritual problems uh, that you're dealing with with people. Sometimes uh, if a person is a counselor and they're, they're involved with people's problems all day long, that can also affect them and cause bad health to come into them and also can cause circumstances uh, that they're confronting th through these individuals. It can cause discouragement in their own life and in their own heart. Now, your job. Uh, I know right now there's a lot of people that are jobless. Uh, I mean, the, some people have worked for companies for years and all of a sudden uh, they get the slip that says they're not no longer needed and uh, therefore they feel uh, un unneeded and, and they, they feel like they're a failure because now they don't have a means of, of supporting their family or an income. And uh, so, so these situations, uh, your job, your parents, uh, these situations may seem impossible to overcome if you look at them with your natural eyes. But listen, we're not going to look at them with our natural eyes. We're going to look at them through the Spirit here. And I want to, I want to get down to how we can get rid of this discouragement here in just a little bit. But we, but we need to understand that these situations may seem impossible, but they're not impossible. You may think you cannot make it. And there's no way out. But there is victory in Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. There's victory in Jesus Christ. Now, a fourth thing that causes people to be discouraged and to be uh, in a position to where they're not productive in their spiritual walk with the Lord is allowing the past to haunt you. Now, the devil wants you to always live in the past. And, and I want to say something today. The devil does not know your future. The only thing the devil knows is your past. That's all that he knows. When you go to, and I'm not saying, I hope you haven't been doing this, but if people have went to fortune tellers, they don't talk. They try to predict the future, but they, they always go back to the past. It's always the past. The devil only knows your past. The devil doesn't know your future. God has your future in, in his hands. Your future is in God's hands today. And what God wants you to do is, right now, today, 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 and at the end of this message, we're going to pray. But today, you can turn from that life of defeat, that life of discouragement, that life of despondency, and you can decide right now your future is going to be brighter than it's been in the past. Your future is going to be what God wants it to be. Your future is going to be outlined by the Word of God, and you're going to begin to speak the Word of God, and you're going to begin to see your future produced as you begin to walk in the things of the Lord. There's victory in Jesus. So don't let the past uh, haunt you because when you when you allow the past to haunt you, what you're going to do is allow the, uh, uh, the, the the enemy to keep you from moving forward. You you want to move forward. You want to keep progressing. You want to keep going forward. The the, the question, what if? What could have been? I don't know if you've heard this from many people, but what if I had have made this decision? What if I had have done that? What so what if? 
What if? See, the thing is, whatever decision you made has been made. Now then, if you made the wrong choice, and if you made the wrong decision, the thing that you need to do is ask God to forgive you, and let's get back on track. It's kind of like being on an interstate highway, and there's many exits off of that interstate highway. You may take the wrong exit, but you know what? That's not the end of life. That's not the end of the road. Just because you take a wrong exit doesn't mean you can't get back on and get back on track. So what you do is just go down to the next place where you can get up on the interstate again and get right back on track again. This is what God's telling us today, that if we'll just begin to understand, God has your life in his hands. He's got it all mapped out for you. And all you have to do is just say, Lord, I want to get back on track. Ask God to forgive you. And and instead of instead of saying what if and what could have been, let's say, Lord, this is what's going to be because I'm going to see you move in my life. I, I like what Paul said in Philippians, the third chapter, the 13th through the 14th verse. He said, one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead, and I press toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the one thing I do, he said, this one thing I do, forget Forget. Listen, we're going to have to ask God to, to put that supernatural forgetting in our minds. You know, God supernaturally forgets. He casts your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember against you anymore. He doesn't remember those things. Once you ask Jesus uh, and, and ask, the, ask the Lord to forgive you and, and thank God for the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from that, that wrongdoing or what you have done that's not pleasing to God, God wipes it away and he never remembers it again. We need to start believing that we have that same attitude and that same ability that God has of forgetting. God can help you forget. God can help you forget the past. And when you forget those things that are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead, you press towards the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if you keep on looking back at your miserable past, your future is going to be miserable also. So if you keep looking through the rearview mirror, guess what? What you're going to be going to in the future is going to be what you're dragging up with you. So let's let's leave it behind. Let's leave the past behind. Let's don't be discouraged by what we were and where we were, but let's get on track with God and thank God that we're going forward in Jesus' name. Now, the fifth thing that causes discouragement is your reaction to the highs and lows of your life. We'll have good experiences and bad experiences in life, every one of us. I mean, some mornings you're going to wake up and you don't feel saved. Some mornings you're going to wake up and not feel holy or feel righteous. And you're going to have good experiences and bad experiences. But God is not just a God on the mountaintop. He's also God in the valleys. See, God is with you wherever you are. God is just God, period. God is God all the time. Jesus made this statement, I will never leave you or forsake you, but I will be with you all the time. All the time, I'll be with you. So, it's how we react to the highs and lows of life will cause us to either be happy and joyful or be despondent and down in the dumps. I, I don't know about you, but I want to get up in the mornings, and if I feel bad, I'm going to get to feeling good because I'm going to start praising the Lord. I'll start singing some praise songs. I'll get into the Word of God. I'll start confessing what God's Word declares about me as a believer. And before long, my spirit man is exalted. My spirit man is elevated, and I, and I realize that God is God, and He's with me, regardless of my feelings. We don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. And thank God the Word is truth, and that truth prevails in our life. 
Now, the final thing I want to share with you on what causes discouragement is loneliness. Loneliness. Now, there's a lot of lonely people in this world today. Loneliness is not just the loss of affection, but it's literally the loss of direction. What we have to do is concentrate on the present advantages. Stay strong. Don't let temporary loneliness create a permanent problem in your life. Some of you are lonely today because of a relationship breakup. Some of you are lonely today because... Maybe you've had to move away from your family and friends because a job has relocated you or, or that you've been directed by the Lord to go somewhere else. And there's a, there's a, there's a time of loneliness that hits you there. But you see, the thing is, we don't want to let loneliness be, be something that will cause us to get discouraged. It's, it's not the loss of affection, but the loss of direction. As long as we have direction from the Word and direction from God, and we can concentrate on the present advantages where you are right now and just enjoy life. Enjoy life. Get up in the morning and say, I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to enjoy my day. I'm going to enjoy what God has placed before me and go forward. Then you're going to stay strong. And these temporary loneliness things, that create they, they won't create a permanent problem in your life to where you're discouraged. So these are some causes of discouragement that we have just discussed here. And, and, and if you fit in any of these categories, then today... Is a day of victory for you because there is a way out. There is an exit out of that life of discouragement. There's an exit into the life of hope and victory in Jesus Christ. Now, I want to give you some cautions right now, just just caution you on some things for discouragement. To because some of the things that we do opens a door for discouragement. Number one, don't complain. Do not complain. God does not want complainers. I mean, when you look at the Word of God from the beginning all the way to the end, He doesn't like complainers. Remember the children of Israel murmured and complained? And because of that, they suffered the consequences of it. All through the Word, you see people that murmured and complained. They didn't, they didn't receive the blessings. But God just does not tolerate complaining and murmuring. And don't be occupied with yourself and get into self-pity. Self-pity is a terrible place for a believer to be in or an individual to be in. Self-pity is, well, it's it's just true, true, truly just selfishness on your part. Because what you're doing, you're pulling yourself in a shell. You're pulling yourself apart from everybody. And you're, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Down in the dumps, feeling sorry for yourself. And you're having a self-pity party. I, I don't know if you've ever sent out invitations for a self-pity party and, and sent them out to your friends and relatives and said, I want you to come over at a certain time today uh, of this week because I'm going to be having a self-pity party. You know what's going to happen? They're not going to show up. They're not going to respond to it. They're going to stay as far away from you as they can because they don't want to be around someone that's full of self-pity. Let me let me give you some other news. Your animals, your cats and your dogs, whatever animals you have, they're going to stay away from you also because they can sense this. They can sense that self-pity spirit and and they don't want to be part of it. So don't be occupied with yourself and get into self-pity. Don't complain. And number three, don't give up and yield to despair. Listen, it may look like there's no hope. It may look like there's no answer to your situation. I want to tell you something. God has not allowed anything. God does not allow anything to happen in your life that he does not make a way of escape for. So in other words, God's not going to cause anything to come upon you that you cannot bear. If anything is happening in your life today that seems negative, God knows you have the strength. God knows you have the ability. God knows you have the stamina. God knows that you've got the knowledge of the word where you can let that faith of God rise up in your spirit man and in your heart and you 
can rise up and say, I will go forward. I will overcome because God is on my side. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Praise God. And don't become embittered. Now, these are some cautions I'm giving you here. Don't let bitterness creep into your life. I knew an individual one time that they got into sexual immorality. And the pastor of the church had them to come forward and to confess, which they did. They confessed, and they, they, they spoke it boldly and confessed it from their heart. And then right after they got done, the pastor asked them in front of the whole congregation to just leave and not come back to the church. Well, this individual, these individuals got bitter in their spirit. They were embittered, and they went away from God. For many years, they were away from the Lord and not really serving God like they should. But you know, thank God. Thank God. In, in God's grace, wonderful. God's grace is so good. Because towards the end of their life, the last few years of their life, they turned around, gave their heart to God, began to serve the Lord, began to began to worship Him again, began to understand that God loved them. And they got rid of that bitterness that was on the inside of them towards the individuals that, that seemingly just shunned them and stuck their nose up at them and just and shunned them. They, they got all of that bitterness out. And they did not let the discouragement keep them from going forward in the Lord, even though it did for a few years, but they finally come to their senses and they got out of that situation. And don't escape by going to the pill or the bottle. Listen, so often people get discouraged and the situations become so hectic and so so bad in their lives that the first thing they do is they just want to go drown their problems, drown it with pills, escape reality, escape the situation. Uh, just, just, in other words, just be able to escape life for a temporary time and as they do that what they do is they uh, they 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 go to the peel of the bottle and of course that is even going to harm them even worse because what's going to happen is they're going to it's going to affect them physically it's going to affect them mentally it's going to affect them emotionally it's going to affect their their uh, self-esteem when it's all said and done after they come out of the drunk or out of the stupor that they're in because of the of taking the pills and etc <clears throat> they're going to they're going to they're going to not have the self-esteem that they need they're going to be discouraged. So these are some cautions that God wants you to understand that, number one, God's with you. God's for you. God loves you. God wants you to know that He knows where you are, but it's up to you. See, it's up to you. It, it, this is a free will choice in our life. And God is saying, it's up to you. You can be discouraged or you can choose right now. You can choose right now to just rise up in faith and say, I will not be discouraged. I will not be bitter. I will not yield to despair. I will not get into self-pity. I won't be a complainer. I, I'm going to. I'm not going to escape reality. Now, some people don't escape reality with pills or bottles. They just escape reality by just shutting themselves up in a dark room and just and just acting like that. Uh, you know that uh, they're they're just isolated themselves. Uh, they're not drunk. They're not on pills. But their spirit man is just down. It's down. It's in a, it's in a dangerous spot because when you get down like that, you're opening the door to the enemy to come in and just destroy you even more. So let's don't allow these things to happen. Now I want I want to show you there's a way out. Aren't you glad that God always has a way out for us? Praise God. I, I, I'm so thankful that we're not in a situation to where God doesn't have an exit for us. God has an exit for every situation you're in. God's got an exit for you out of your sickness. God's got an exit for you out of that uh, trauma, that problem that you're in with your in relationships or family. God's got a God's got an exit for you if if you've lost your job. God's got a way for you to come back in and God can just bless you even more abundantly than you ever were blessed. But we've got to understand there's some things that we have to do. Now number one, in order to have 
discouragement lifted from our spirits. Number one, we have to recognize that discouragement is from the devil. It's from the devil. The Bible said in John 10.10, The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want to read that again. The thief, the devil, Lucifer, he comes not for anything but to just steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is a destructive force. He's not a life-giving force. Everything the devil touches dies. He brings destruction. He brings loss. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I like what one translation says, I've come that you might have life and enjoy life. In other words, I've come that you might enjoy living. Praise God. God wants you to enjoy living. And so we need to recognize that anything bad that's taken place that's coming against us, attacking our mind to bring us to a place of discouragement is from the devil. Number two, we need to confess that it's sin and not your nature. Now, I know, now this is pretty powerful here, but you know, we need to confess that discouragement is sin. See, anything that's not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. Anything that's not of faith is sin. And discouragement is not of faith. Doubt is not of faith. So we can categorize doubt and discouragement all in the same category. It's sin. It's sin. And what we do is confess that it's sin. It's not our nature. We're not going to have it in our nature. We're not going to be discouraged. We're, we're, I, I want people to be happy to be around me and not dreadful that I'm coming in their presence because of my discouragement. I want them to be happy because I want to radiate the love of Jesus. I want to radiate joy. I want to radiate peace. And so do you as a believer. Number three, we need to locate and lean on the promises of God. See, the Word of God is our answer. God's Word is truth. His truth prevails. Jesus said in John 8, 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. God's Word, the truth of God, will make you free. Romans 8, verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? These are some promises that we need to just latch on to and get a hold of and say, Praise God, I'm going to have what God says I can have. And I, I know that God's for me. God's for me. He's not against me. The devil's lying and said, God doesn't love you. God doesn't want to do this for you. God doesn't want to heal you. God doesn't want to give you a job. God doesn't want to restore relationships. Listen, that is a lie from hell. And what you're going to do is say, my God is for me. So if God be for me, who can be against me? And then Romans 8, verse 37 through 39, right down below that, yet in all these things, in what things? These things that that we're talking about that's bad. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And all of these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, that's a long verse, but it's a powerful verse. You need to mark it down in your Bible. You need to underline it. You need to highlight it. You need to get it so that you can see this every day. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm more than conquerors through him that loved us. And I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. What does that mean? That means the present things that's surrounding you right 
right now, nor things to come. Anything the devil's got in the future that he's going to try to throw your way. None of those things, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was defeated 2,000 years ago, and because you're now in the kingdom of God. Jesus is Lord. He rules in the kingdom. The devil has no legal entry in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And therefore, the devil had that. He does not have any legal right or authority whatsoever. So, recognize, locate the promises, lean on those promises, speak those promises, write them down, put them on your refrigerator, put them on your mirror in the bathroom when you're getting dressed for work, put them on your sun visor, on your on your car, and just begin to read those scriptures, get them down in your spirit, and let that become part of your life. And finally, recognize the power that you have through Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. Recognize the, the power that you have in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost that's in you. First John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and you've overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want to say it again. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You need to say that to yourself over and over. Greater is God that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is the power of the Holy Ghost in me than he that's in the world. Greater is Jesus Christ in me than he that's in the world. We've got the greatest thing on the inside of our spirit man that's caused us to be overcomers, and there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can hinder us. First John 4.17, because as he is, talking about Jesus, because as he is, so are we in this world. We're the same as Jesus. When, when Jesus died and was buried and resurrected, he brought us to a new level. He brought us to a level to where God is our Father. We can cry, Abba, Father. We're heirs of God. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And therefore, he has made us, according to Ephesians, the second chapter, he has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And where is Christ Jesus? The preceding verses before that in Ephesians 1 says, he's far above all principality. He's far above all power. He's far above all might and dominion. It's in this world and in the world to come and in all the demons and the spirits that's in the in the world. He is seated far above all of that. And then Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, He has raised us up together. You and I have been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all the powers of darkness. First John 5 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory. This is the victory that God wants you to have that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, finally, what we've got to do is reform our thinking. Our mind is the gateway to the heart. Our mind is where the enemy attacks. There's an old saying that I heard one time, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from uh, making a nest there. So thank God. You know, we don't have to allow the devil to do these things in our life. We don't have to allow the enemy to come in and do that because we're in the kingdom of God, praise God. And so our mind belongs to God. Our mind is what God wants us to understand that he is in charge of. Now look what the Bible said in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things or think on these things. In other words, we've got to reform our thinking. Make up our mind. We're going to change our way of thinking. Instead of thinking bad thoughts, let's think of things that are true, things that are noble, things that are just, things that are of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Then over in 2 Corinthians, 
10th chapter, the 4th through the 5th verse, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. He said, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I like what Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says. He said, Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That word transform means transfigured, means inside out. Uh, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world's conditions or the conditions around you, uh, don't adapt to the world's conditions. Don't adapt to their their uh, their way of thinking, their way of doing things. Don't don't allow the world news to determine whether or not you're going to have joy today or not. Because you see, our joy is in this. Our promise is the king is coming. The king is coming. The kingdom will be established. I believe that with all my heart. And what we've got to do is begin to understand all the bad news that you hear is not going to override the good news. The good news, God will prevail in the end. God's word will always prevail. His truth will always prevail. So don't be conformed. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Praise God. And bring every thought, as Paul said in Corinthians here, the Second Corinthians 10, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is what God's looking for. This is what God's wanting us to do as believers. And finally, change your talking. <laughs> See, you, you can't really change your talking until you change your thinking. So as we change our thinking and reform our thinking, then naturally our vocabulary is going to change. We're going to begin to talk good things. We're going to talk positive things. We're going to talk faith words. We're going to talk about how good God is instead of how bad God is. We're going to, we're going to talk about the word says that by his stripes I'm healed rather than I'm dying. I, I mean, we need to get a hold of this word and let it get in our spirit so that we're not, our spirit man is not pulled down and discouraged. Change your talking. Over in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, stories there of David, he was uh, over his men and the enemy came in while the men and all the men and was with David out to battle and the, another uh, uh, army came in and literally took everything they had and took all of the children, took all of the women and took them captive. And when David and the men came back to the camp and saw this, the Bible said the men were so distraught. They were just weeping and wailing. And they were even talking about stoning David. He was the ruler. He was the king. And he was the leader. And somebody's got to take the heat, you know. But you see, the thing is, what David did, the Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, how did he encourage himself in the Lord? I believe David encouraged himself in the Lord just like he did on the backside of the desert out there tending to the sheep. Uh, in the middle of the night, he would write these psalms and sing these psalms and, and talk about the goodness of God and the glory of the Lord and, and the blessings of God in his life. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all this within me, and bless and forget not all his benefits, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, and renews your youth like the eagles. He, he began to encourage himself in the Lord. What, what, what God is showing us today, and what we have to do as believers, is begin to encourage ourselves. Encourage ourselves. Don't wait for somebody else to come encourage you. You encourage yourself. You get in the Word. That Word's in you. Let that Word come alive in your spirit. I'll never forget one time I was down and despondent and things weren't happening like they should in our ministry at, the, at that particular time. And I went to a service where a minister friend of mine was teaching. And, and, of course, the people there at the church knew what we were going 
going through. And and uh, and then they they came up to me after the service, and they were just patting me on the back and hugging my neck. Said, "Oh, brother Clarence, bless your heart, poor brother Clarence." I would just say next, and I just getting them all to come up and just hug me and cry over me. And and then here come that preacher down the down the aisle, and I I held my arms out because I just knew he wanted to hug me and and just hug on me and and tell me, uh, "Poor brother Clarence," but he didn't. He put my hands down. He pointed his finger in my face, and he put his other hand on my chest, and he said, Clarence Dalrymple, you have no right to let the devil to romp all over you and to, and, to, and to win the victory over you like he's winning the victory over you. You need to let, and he patted me on the chest, he said, let the faith of God, let the word of God that's in your spirit, man, let that word that is there, I know that word's there, I've heard you preach, I've heard you teach, you let that word come up out of your spirit, man, and begin to speak it out of your mouth and put the devil on the run. He turned and walked off. I said, my goodness. But you know, I got so upset, I just came back two more nights to hear him preach. And you know what I did? I started doing exactly what he told me to do. Because you see, that was good counsel. That was good advice. I had to change my thinking. And I had to change my talking. I had to encourage myself in the Lord. And when I began to encourage myself in the Lord, guess what? The miraculous began to take place. God's supernatural provisions came. God did what his word said he would do all the time. But you see, because I was discouraged, despondent, speaking doubt, fear, and unbelief, nothing was happening. But when I got my thinking changed and I changed my talking, encouraged myself in the Lord, then we saw victory. We need to to get our thinking changed and change our talking and then enter into a continuous life of praise. I mean, get up in the morning praising God. Go down the road praising God. Just start praising the Lord. Just glorify God. Instead of talking the problem, just start glorifying God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, God, for providing. Thank you, God, for taking care of me. Thank you, God, for my children. I thank you, Lord, that they're mighty upon this earth. My seed is mighty upon the earth because your word declares it. In Psalms 112, my seed shall be mighty on the earth. And just begin to speak the word over your children. Children. Speak the word over your business. Speak the word over your own occupation that whatever you're doing. Speak the blessings of God in your life. And begin to just begin to have a continuous life of praise and begin to glorify the Lord and praise God. And you're going to find that discouragement cannot stay where God's praises are because God inhabits the praises of his people. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I, I want you to just bow your heads right where you are. We're going to pray right now for every person that's heard this message, that's listening to us today and that you're here with us today we want you to just 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 let God's word come alive in your spirit father we lift every individual up to you now in the name of Jesus and we thank you father that your word is truth we thank you lord god that every word every promise is yea and amen and we utter the amen to it we utter the yes to it lord father we thank you now that we we come against the spirit of discouragement and despondency and the spirit of unworthiness that's that's attacking people we bind that spirit of satan in the name of Jesus satan you're bound and you're powerless now. You cannot operate in or around about these people because they're God's gems. They're God's children. They're in the kingdom of God and you've got no legal entry in the kingdom no more because they belong to Jesus. They belong to God. We're telling you right now, take your hand off. Take your hand off. Take your thoughts. Take your lies and get out in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you now that as we receive this prayer of faith, as everyone receives this prayer of faith, I want you to just lift your hands and begin to praise God and just begin to glorify the Lord. Thank God that God is your victor. Thank God that you have everything that God said you have. Just begin to praise Him out loud right now. Just begin to praise Him and glorify the Lord. And as you do this, you're going to begin to sense the presence of God coming into your being, into your spirit, right around where you're sitting, right around where you're standing right now. The Word and the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit of God 
That anointing is just beginning to flood your being right now as you begin to just let God move in your life. Father, we thank you now that your word is truth and it prevails and it's completed and it's done in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.